We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live, out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! George's Pop. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. It's a good day to be a Yankee fan. I mean, it's just it's a good week to be a Yankee fan. Best record in baseball. Just just everyone should be a Yankee fan. Really should. We're 6 and 0 since the last time we talked. It's been it's been mostly good. They've been dominating on the field. End of the Brave series was solid. We swept the Red Sox. We're getting ready for a big series against Tampa tonight, but obviously the top storyline are the injuries. Uh, the two best position players on the team, DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge, both both down, both on the IL. I know you have some thoughts, but I have some thoughts on Judge. I don't really think he's injured. I think he was a little bit sore. I think he was a little bit tired. I think he maybe needed two, three days. Uh, I definitely think, and I wrote an article about it today, I think they jumped the gun putting him on the IL. Uh, he said Sunday that he was 100% ready to go and that he could have played Monday. I believe him. Uh, Boone actually had a line where he said in terms of the, the MRI that it showed a grade one strain or even less than that. And to me, something that's less than a grade one strain is nothing. Um, so I definitely think they jumped the gun. And I also think that if they would have known that DJ was going to go down on Saturday and that they would have be without both of them for the race series, I do not think they would have put Judge on the IL. So I think he's fine. I think they're babying him, and I am frustrated with – 
Boone, the medical staff, and Cashman when it comes to Judge. I'm not frustrated with Aaron himself. Counterpoint. If I knew the lotto tickets, I'd be rich soon. So the whole if they knew DJ was going to get hurt, I mean. It's true, but now it sucks because now we have the most important series of the year, and we're down both of them. And yeah, it's doubly, it's stay, doubly bad. Yeah, um, if Aaron Judge stayed healthy, it would be a different story because Aaron Judge is injured because you are not a medical doctor. Aaron Boone is not a medical doctor. There are medical doctors; they don't just go based on like how you say you feel. And also, you can't go based on how Aaron Judge feels because he feels a hundred percent right now. He also felt 100% in November, 100% in December, 100% in January, 100% showing up to spring training, and he would have missed half a season this year, being 100%. You can't trust him on anything he says at this point. And like, you know, oh, maybe they went a little too quick because he's a he's soft. He's made of glass. Played an entire postseason with a broken rib. I don't know if I'd say he's made of glass and he's soft. An entire postseason with a broken rib. He went an entire offseason with a broken rib, not realizing. So, all right, so he's tough and stupid. A little bit, yeah. I think a lot of athletes are. I think a lot of athletes are If tough, he was tough, he would have never left the first game. He would have just played through it. Just fucking played through it. Paul O'Neill had a hamstring hanging off his leg half his career. Still kicked that ball in from right field. The frustrating part for me is he hit a ball 450 feet right before he came out. He looks fine to me. He looked absolutely 100% healthy. You're telling me he can't DH right now. I think he could step up tonight, DH, and go three for four. I think he should have shut his mouth then and just played. The story was he begged not to go on the ILs is how he phrased it. Yeah, that's how he phrased it. So, and that's the other thing. Aaron Judge, shut the fuck up. Because I felt the same way about Aaron Hicks. They tell you that you're down, they tell you you're going on the IL, you don't go to the media and go, oh, I actually feel fine. That's not a captain. That's not leadership. That is, you are undercutting your manager, your general manager, and your medical staff and now making it Aaron Judge, the face of baseball, Mr. Sweetheart, the next captain, is a me, me, me guy. Oh, come on. If you're judging, you got all these fans, just like you're doing, saying he can't stay on the field, he can't do this, he can't do this, and you feel fine, and you didn't want to go on the IL, why wouldn't you say something? Because that's not, that's not what you do to be what, who you say you're trying to be, or who you say you, or who you act like the rest of the time. You don't undercut your manager, your general manager, and your medical staff, especially a brand new medical staff that got brought in to replace one that was pretty bad. And that is why I believe the Yankees should look into trading Aaron Judge. This year? Next year? When? When do you want to trade him? I think you got to put a phone call out now to Cleveland. I think you, you maybe you put a feeler out there. You got to find the right spot and you got to pick your, you got to pick your spot. But right now, what is, aside from if you took these injuries out, the weakest spot for the New York Yankees is our rotation, right? Sure. Mike Clevenger, who's now on the naughty list, and they're messing with his service time, there's a chance that he becomes available because he becomes disgruntled. Very good pitcher. They also have a shortstop, Francisco Lindor, who's making like $20 million a year this year, um, and is uh, $17.5 million. 
um, is a very good shortstop, especially defensively. I would say one of our uh, – I don't know if it's our second weakest spot, but a weak spot right now is the defense at shortstop. I believe we still made the right move letting DJ walk – letting DD walk, but Glaber's struggling. So – and we can talk about how we have all these extra players, right? And we're becoming the – well, they didn't have their stuff tonight, but they really battled roster. <laughs> Aaron Judge, Miguel Andujar, and then you probably have to throw in a prospect or two. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not that far into the organization. For Mike Clevenger, Francisco Lindor, then you have, if you were to do it right now, then you can shift Glaber back to second. You can put uh, DJ at first, if you re-sign DJ, he goes back to second, and in the offseason, Glaber works as a corner outfielder. He's young enough and athletic enough to pull off that switch. We don't have to worry about Aaron Judge's next injury this year, his injury in the offseason, his injury next season, because I am now at the point where if Aaron Judge stayed healthy from now until free agency in his 30s, Someone's going to give him a bad contract, and I'm worried it's going to be us because people are worried about the judges' chambers, which would take 20 minutes to destroy. Act like it was never there before. It's a good point on the judges' chambers. I think you have a really wide spectrum here. You have people that want to give him $300 million in two years that are all the way pro-99, and then you have people like you that are ready to trade him. I'm kind of in the middle. If you want to let him walk after 2022 and give that money to Lindor, cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. I respect that as a business decision. Lindor is a switch hitting shortstop. He has great offensive power. He's a great defender. He's got a great smile. He's magnetic. Whole enchilada. I love Lindor. But to trade Judge when, I mean, this is our biggest chance for a championship this year, next year, and the year after. To trade who still, when he plays, is our best position player. He still leads the team in homers. Two-thirds still, of the time. If he hits 20 homers, no matter how many games he plays, let's say he, he hits 20 homers over the 60-game season, is, is that good enough for you? To keep him? Because he's probably, he's probably going to do it. Yeah, if, he, if he's top five in homers. What do you mean he's, he's probably going to do it? I mean, that's a big stretch. Like, he was hot, and now he's going to have to sit for, you know, 10 days. You don't know if he comes back as hot as he was. You're saying that in essentially 30 games – He's got another 11 home runs in him, the hottest September in, since Shane Spencer. I'm planning on him being in the lineup on Saturday. He says he's 100%. I, I'm planning on seeing him in the lineup Saturday. I expect him back soon. And with Judge, I've accepted that we're only going to get 100, 100 to 110 games a year. I've accepted that. But in those 110 games, he's still doing more in that 110 than 90% of the other players in the league are doing across 150. Last year, he still hit 27 homers. He was still worth five wins above replacement. So I'm almost willing to accept him at 100 games or 110 games if he's going to give me the 25 homers, the great defense, the great on base percentage, and everything he brings. Like It's still pretty good. For how much money a year? And that's where that's where I'm saying this isn't all black and white for you know between tw- maybe between twenty and twenty five million a year. I'm not giving him thirty five a year. I'm not I'm giving him twenty million a year. Oh, you're not giving worth paying maybe twenty five. Yeah, that is a great Hop, contract. The worst fucking pitcher in the world. We're paying terrible contract. Million. Terrible contract. You're you're just saying here are bad things we we've done. 
let's do more bad things. You wouldn't give Aaron Judge $20 million a year for five or six years in his 30s? Is you really wouldn't do that? 20, but is he going to take $20 million a year? And we don't know that. And this is a long way. Like, this decision is not – he's two and a half years away from free. I know there's this a lot of value in coming up. him now. I, you have a I starting outfield next year of Hicks in center, Clint, and Glaber Torres in the outfield. Maybe Stan. Stan can go back to playing the field. He can go back to playing right field. His natural Stan position. Could even, couldn't even DH without getting hurt. He couldn't even run from first to second base without getting hurt. Well, if they'll trade him for Francisco Lindor, then I'll do that. But no one's going to take that contract. Because that's the thing. When I said this, people were immediately like, well, you got to trade Stanton. Well, you can't just trade Stanton. And I agree with that. No, like People have to accept that Stan is going to be a Yankee through 2027 or yes. whatever it is. Like he, He's not going anywhere. And I um, think he might have, like, I think he will have big seasons still. Um, but I think at some point he's going to have an A-Rod 2009, like, playoff. Like, he'll get hot at the right time and mm-hmm. we'll forgive him. I think something similar. Let me go back to Glaber moving to the yeah. outfield here. So you want you want Lindor at short. You want DJ at second. You want Geo at third, Boyd at first. And you essentially want Glaber to kind of take Judge's outfield spot. Is that how I'm? Yeah. I mean, he's Are young he's- and athletic enough. To make the adjustment to the outfield is where Jeter was supposed to end up. Yeah, I, I think he could do it. Whereas, I, and I trust me, I want Lindor too. Even without all this, like I love shiny toys. I, I hope we pursue Lindor after the 2021 season. The way I kind of saw it, and keeping everybody is, uh, you have Lindor at short. I like moving Glaber to third. You can keep DJ at second, Void at first, and then you can use Geo as that first guy off the bench, and he could come in every game at third or wherever, in the 6th, 7th inning, play defense, kind of use him as like a, an infield rover defensive replacement. That's my ideal. Scenario. How much money are we spending that year? Because you got to sign DJ to an extension. You've got – so you got to sign DJ, and yes. DJ is going to make some money coming 20, off. 20 a year for four or five years probably. <laughs> okay. So we have yeah. now, you know, let's say it's 20 for four. Yeah. 20 a year you're saying, right? So $80 yes. million. Dollars. So – you got twenty million there. You're gonna have twenty something million at shortstop for Lindor. Yes. You're gonna have Glaber who's gonna start getting into arbitration years and make some money. So you're probably looking at like, I don't know, ten there. And then you're still gonna have now Aaron Judge is getting paid. Well, that's the thing. I would be if we sign Lindor, I'm comfortable letting Judge walk after 2022. Like, let me take three shots with him. Let me take a shot with Judge this October, 2021 October, and then 2022. And if we don't win and he wants 300 million dollars and he's 31, then let him walk. But I still want to take my last three shots with him. But now you let him walk and you didn't get anything. I got a first round pick, and now I have Lindor. Who knows what that? Money. Who, who knows what that? CBA is going to look like. How many times do you see? I mean, who, what is, how many times do you see players of this caliber get traded and it works out like like that A Rod Soriano trade? I mean, that's once every ten years that a guy like that gets moved. Yeah, I mean, we're in a pandemic. This shit, none of this shit's ever happened before. I think that's, that's the true. other thing is like you've got. I'm talking. So I think in you see how the rest of the season goes, right? And, and I, I think they should start to whispering it internally. But I think for right now, the Indians stink. Their offense is terrible. They need offense. Their third baseman, I forget his name, has played a lot of shortstop. Their backup, they have a, a their backup at 
third, short, and second, forget his name, is the same guy on the depth charts for all those positions. So you could move in Duhar into third base, move that guy over to short. You've plugging Judge in the outfield of I don't know any of those fucking guys. And now the Cleveland Indians, who will be a different team name next year. So also you bring in Aaron Judge for like when you change your fucking like you're rebranding your entire organization from being the Mets of the Midwest who made it to game seven of the World Series a couple years ago and haven't done shit since. Like let you know, you've I don't know, I feel like maybe I've talked myself into it all day. But I think it's a deal, and there's obviously, you know, the, the baseball guys would have to figure out some of the, um, you know, details with prospects and, and things like that. But now the Yankees are, for this season, have Lindor, who's healthy, instead of Judge, who's maybe not healthy. We don't have this like, oh, what do we do with Andujar? Can he play? Can he not play? You know, where can we fit him in? And we're sacrificing game time for guys who need it. We're giving Clint Everyday reps. Talkman is getting more reps. Like these guys, we're getting to see the guys who are going to cost less what they can do. And at the same time, I mean, the Indians start to like build towards the future. Your trade makes a lot more sense than a lot of the trades I'm seeing on Twitter. How many times have you seen somebody be like, oh, we should trade Miguel and Duhar for Clevenger straight up? Like, yeah. they are not taking and Duhar and Frazier plus, for Mike Clevenger. Plus, we would be coming into next year as. So let's say they made the outfield move that I say, right? So you've got an outfield of Hicks, Glaber, and Clint, hopefully. Who knows? Maybe Stanton. I don't know. But then you've got an infield of... Geo, Lindor, DJ, you get him, and then Voight. You've got Stanton DHing, but our rotation is Cole, Clevenger, Severino, Tanaka on a smaller deal, and then we've got Montgomery King. I mean, like, I get it. They put the judges' chambers in there. They sold a lot of 99 jerseys. People are drinking Pepsi and eating Blimpy or whatever the fuck it is he sells. Do it Aaron's way. Pepsi and Lays. The guy is not on the field a lot. And I'm looking for guys who'll be on the field. And I, I'm tired of people being like, you know, when he plays, he's an MVP, uh, player. No, he's not because he's never won an MVP award. He, oh, he's a gold glove defender with no gold gloves. Yes, the potential <laughs> is there, but the potential is there for everyone who makes it to the major league level. And it's not that I, do, I hate Aaron Judge. Like, if we keep him, I'm going to cheer for Aaron Judge. I just think that rather than, like, we got to trade him, or, like, I saw someone say it was like, no, what they need to do is walk away from Sanchez and sign uh, Real Muto. And it's like, oh, okay, let's just go get the most expensive catcher ever. Like, let's be realistic about the amount of money we could spend. No, no, I, I see what you're saying, and it does obviously improve the rotation. But what you have to remember is, after a year and a half, you're gonna have to give Lindor 350 million or whatever, and you're, I'm assuming you're cool with that, because I don't want to just trade for him, have him for a year and a half, and then he walks. So it may be one of those things where uh, maybe you try to negotiate an extension. I don't, let's see, who's his agent? I have his shit pulled up. Um, I know he's he's still young. I think he's like 26 still. That's the other thing. Aaron Judge is the oldest person in baseball. He is a thousand years old. Like, yeah, realistically, he's in his 28th season, but we're looking at, like, you're talking about 
hitting the market at 31. And when you talk about the superstars of the game who got their big deals, Harper, Trout, um, Mookie, uh, Machado, Machado, they're all Aaron Judge two years ago. Yes. Shouldn't have gone to college, dummy. And I'm not sold. going to college. Fresno State. I'm not sold on giving him the $300 million. I'm not sold on giving him a 10-year deal at age 31. Uh, but I, I also am not sure if I can give up these next these next three years without him. They are, you, you can't deny that when he is in the lineup, and let's be honest, he's never missed a playoff game. He has never missed a game in October. When he is in the lineup, they are a completely different team, and the swagger yes. is completely different. Yes, when he is in the lineup, which is my main issue with him. Like, I'm not complaining about striking out. 200 times if you play 150 games. Play 140 games, strike out 200 times. I don't give a shit. Go nuts. That's, you know, because that's the feast or famine of having a guy of that size and what he does. But I'm not saying, like, I'm out on him. He's got to go. I'm just putting it out there. It's something to think about. And it's one of those strike while the iron's hot because he's not a guy that – and so here's the thing. The Yankees also – like, with what we just spent on Cole, with what we have as a team because of what Cashman built over the last decade, we're never going to be in the, like, oh, well, let's sell him off before he hits free agency. Like, we're never not going to be in contention over these next three years. So there's no great time to trade him. Mid-season, I think, would be an awful look because it's tough to trade if he's – you can't trade him if he's hurt. If he's healthy – it's tough to trade him midseason, in a regular season. But in this weirdo season, with weirdo circumstances, that Clevenger went out and got a beer and lied to his teammates, and now he's going to maybe lose a year of uh, free agency. I'm saying a phone call or a text message or a carrier pigeon might be worth it. And then, you see, if nothing happens, as the rest of the season goes on, you see what his health's like. And I don't know, maybe float it because eventually having all this extra talent, like we, you got to use it or lose it, and we can get a lot more for him than we can for Clint Frazier. Yeah, that's a good point, and it's very stressful thinking about Aaron Judge, his injury history, and, and one good way to relieve stress is through CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with a revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, Body Bomb for targeted relief, and Sleep Tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. 
And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, that's all caps, at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And I think there's a larger conversation to be had about the way this team's been built, right? We're built around... Giancarlo Stan and Aaron Judge, two guys over 6'6", two guys over 260 pounds that neither of them have really shown a consistent ability to stay on the field. And and that's kind of what we're hitching our wagon to over the next 10 years. I, I think it's scary when you look at, at the overall roster construction and, and how injury prone everybody is. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to – so it got me thinking just because of their height of like NBA players – with like minute restrictions, like all those got, you know, um, uh, why am I blanking on the guy who plays for the Clippers who has no personality? Oh, Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah. He's always sitting, but then he goes and he plays in the playoffs and it's fine. And I think it, I don't know what it's like when it's your team. Like if it's different, like, I don't know if when he was sitting Raptors fans were getting mad, but then he went out there and he won him a championship. Well, if Clippers fans get mad about it, I don't think Spurs fans get mad about anything because they've won so many championships. And for us, it's just been long enough that, like, I don't know, if a guy's not playing, like, it's it's tough to stay as excited because, like, he was the guy. The whole city got behind him. And it's, yeah. at a certain point, like, you got to show up to work. No, I, I hear you, and it sucks because this all kind of started spiraling out of control after he got hit on the wrist by pitch, and he just kind of started getting injury-prone from there. But one thing that people kind of forget, or maybe they just don't remember, 2017, even though he played 155 games, he was battling through a shoulder injury. He needed shoulder surgery after the season, so he wasn't necessarily healthy there. And you can go all the way back to 2016, he came up. For that second half, that was his, his really baby rookie year, and he had to cut that short mid-September with an oblique injury. Now, half of Yankees Twitter wasn't watching in the second half of 2016, if we're being honest, so people probably don't even remember that, but this does go back a while. Well, that's honestly, that's where Richie Sexton comes from, why I keep referring to him, is because at that time, when he got hurt, they said, like, well, you know, no one of his size has had a long career aside from Richie Sexton. And... You know, and again, like, 2017 was great. We got to the dance earlier than we were supposed to, and a huge part of that is Aaron Judge winning a Rookie of the Year, winning a Silver Slugger, being an All-Star, putting up MVP quality numbers. But since then, 112 games, 102 games, we'll see what this year ends up being, but probably somewhere in, like, the 40 range. So we're looking at a, he's a two-thirds of the season guy. 
And if he will make $20 million at most because he's a two-thirds of the salary guy, that's fine. But I could rip out. I mean, people get attached to the other stuff the way they did with Didi with the emojis. Me and you could get rid of the judges' chambers in an afternoon, and I can't do any handyman work. Like, Me neither. Like that, yeah, you know, we, that we can just, figure it out. Give us a couple of phones. Because that's Google. something that someone like said to me. They're like, they've got the judges' chambers. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? The whole stadium used to say Adidas everywhere. Now it doesn't. You can change that. And, and since having Jeter, Mariano, the guys, I don't get as attached to these guys as I do as the guys that I grew up with, if that makes sense. Like, it is what it is. If we can bring in Francisco Lindor, a switch-hitting shortstop who's the best defensive shortstop in the league – I'm fine with that. that. That's an even for even swap. But if you let Judge walk and sign nobody and just pocket that money, that would be awful. Yeah, no, that would be terrible. And that's not the Yankees. But, you know, it, and, and they don't make promises like, oh, well, we let him walk because he wanted too much money and we'll make it up to you later. We do that for them. You know, that's how we were going to sign Machado and Herbert. You yeah. know, <laughs> we're always like, oh, no, that's because they're doing this. But they're not. Yeah, no, it's been tough, and and I to me the story the story isn't finished yet. We still have two and a half years until the decision kind of comes, and there's there's a lot more to come. And look, if they if he comes back and he has a fire September and they win the World Series or the championship or whatever you want to call it, I don't think anybody's going to have any issue. Like I just think he needs to win one. Once this group wins one and he wins one, I think everybody will relax. I think we're all a little bit tense because we're like. All right, we were kind of supposed to win by now, and every year that goes by, you get a little antsier. I just also think it's more likely that he's going to get injured again this year than win a championship. And that's fair. That's fair. Another guy that's injured is DJ LeMahieu. He took an awkward swing Saturday night, was kind of, you know, shaking yeah. his hand. And at first, I thought it was like the Hammett, or there's that Hammett injury where it comes on a swing and it's like the back of your hand is fucked up. That's what I thought he had. Turns out it's a thumb sprain, had the same injury in 2018. He missed two and a half weeks. He's supposed to miss two to three weeks here. With DJ, I'm not super concerned, uh, especially since he already had the injury. I'm expecting him back early September, maybe a little bit after that. But no long-term concern with me for DJ. It's just not having him in the leadoff spot for this week and next week is kind of going to suck. Yeah, I mean, he's gone through the injury before, so we just have to hope that, you know, a combination of – him just being a robot and also, you know, maybe remembering things he did that helped last time. And obviously he's, you know, he's got training, you know, trainers, but these guys all try to do stuff at home too. So, um, I'm not that worried about it. Hopefully he's going to get, um, back in the lineup right around Labor Day, just so he kind of, you know, he, 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 he's playing so well, keep the groove going and it's almost like with this playoff format where it's like, all right, I think we we probably already clinched. But <laughs> the it's like almost like the end of spring training when you start looking at the the lineups they put out and you're like, no, no, I want to see I want to see the Thursday home opener lineup. Let me see that, and I want to see a bunch of that in September. Yeah, no, I do too, and, and you want these guys to be back. And the injuries, they, they just kind of pile up, and it's very gradual. Like, I was at the bachelor party, and Stan went down, and I'm like, oh, okay, we can survive. And then the judge thing happens, and it's like, ah, oh, shit, like, now this really sucks. And then DJ goes down, and you're like, fuck, now we're down without our best three players. 
for this huge race series. And it just, it's not one or two, but once you have three, four, five guys, like that's when you start to feel it. And the first time I was ever on George's box and you said, what concerns, if any, do you have about this team? And I said, we're one hamstring strain away from Tyler Wade playing every day. And it turned out to be that we were one thumb away yeah. from Tyler Wade playing every day. I mean, he's, to Wade's credit, he's being scrappy out there. You know, get hit by a pitch, take off, score from first on a double. Like, that's literally all he can do. And in a, in a case when it's like this, when we're down this far, you know, in the depth charts, I'm happy as long as the guy is just doing all that he can do. And unfortunately, that's all Tyler Wade has. That's all I can do. Play to your strengths. Last year a little bit, he was trying to hit homers. He hit one upper deck homer and pimped it and Instagrammed it ten times. Like, dude, that's not you. We have eight other guys that can hit homers. And how about Tyro Estrada? This guy hasn't played at all. He shows up for his first game and hits a home run. I mean, it's just this team, man. It's just something about, and I hate, I'm not really a next man up guy. I think it's kind of corny. I'm kind of sick of it. I'd rather see the A team, but it is badass to see a guy like that just come in, first game he's playing, and just hit a bomb. It's one of those things where you like to think as a fan, like, that doesn't happen if he's playing for the Twins. Exactly. You know, like, hey, I got the chance. Like, let's make the most of it. I'm doing that. You know, every Yankee game is, to a certain extent, on a national stage. You're playing for your next contract, your next opportunity. Because, you know, these rosters are going to trim, and they're going to trim for next year, too. So... They are, and everybody kind of makes fun of Boone for the injury stuff or the hoodies or whatever, but you got to give him credit. He does a great job of, of keeping all 40 of these guys engaged and, and making them feel a part of this and giving them that confidence there. They can step up one game and just kind of contribute and fit in, and I don't think another manager could have done kind of what Boone did last year with all of those injuries to still win 103 games and keep everybody excited and pulling in the same direction. I think that really speaks to him. Yeah, I, I question some of his decision-making when it comes to lineups, sitting guys, uh, you know, really just managing a, a baseball game, I, I question. But managing a team, managing these personalities, I think he's done a great job. It's why I thought he was a good fit, you know, two and a half years ago, why I thought it was time to move on from Girardi, because Girardi doesn't get the same out of these guys that he has. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and if you look at the actual games that we've been playing, it's been awesome. Uh, finished off the Braves, swept them. We talked about that. We absolutely pummeled the Red Sox all weekend. Garrett Cole obviously set the tone. We got to watch another nice Friday night win together. Ten strikeouts and in seven innings. I think he let up one run. Absolutely dominated them. Uh, they blew them out Saturday night with Paxton. Clint Frazier's raking. Gary hit a couple of home runs in the series. And then Sunday night, Mike Ford hit a ball that I don't think still has landed. And Monday night, they finish off the four-game sweep, which sweeping a team, no matter how bad the team is, a four-game sweep is not easy. So it was awesome to see us just pummel those guys. I um, I, yeah, I got to watch the game with you on Friday night, and I can't recommend it enough to people <laughs> how, much, how much fun it is. Um, yeah, I mean, we looked good. We looked really good. I mean, we hung out Friday to watch, you know, because if you get together and watch Cole just go out there and shove, and it's so effortless. Um, you know, it, it, it's a good time to watch Clint, obviously Clint's doing what people who have, you know, supported Clint know he can do. If he could just get out of his head, 
and just get up there and hit a baseball. The guy can hit the fuck out of a baseball. Gary has looked dramatically better. Um, instead of, he looked just off on everything for the first like three weeks. Like all his swings look terrible. But now you're starting to see where, again, I use the example of a video game when you're playing and it like shows where the pitch is going to be because the guy messed up in the way he did it. It looks like that's what he's getting on some of these home runs. He needs to obviously get the um, batting average up. That'll come with time. Uh, but, you know, having that, that'll make him more comfortable behind the plate. When you're struggling on one side, it'll hurt the other side. My biggest concern out of this whole thing, because, like, Cole looked great. Paxton looked okay. Montgomery and King looked great. Um, Voight's hot. I love sharing the Voight, the Gabagool video when Voight goes deep. <laughs> yes, yes. I am concerned, and I'm wondering your level of concern about if Jay Happ starts pitching well. Oh, he, very concerned. I don't he, want that vesting option to vest. He needs to hit 10 starts. So he's got three starts so far. Yeah, 10 starts or 60 innings, I believe. And it's like 61 and 2 Yeah, something yeah, like something that. like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't think he's hitting the – because they're just they're, – the, they're pulling starters too soon. Um, well, not too soon. It's probably appropriate, but they're pulling guys earlier. I mean, we got to stop him from get. It feels like a Nick Cage movie. Like, how do we stop Jay Happ from getting to 10 starts? Because he's even hinted towards, I'm going to file a grievance if I get skipped in the rotation, which I don't think he'd win, but it's a distraction. And dude, shut the fuck up, man. You have a 6.4 ERA. You have, you've had one or two good starts in the past two years. You're the worst player on this team. Like, dude, have some self-awareness. Anybody that sucks in their job during a pandemic and is lucky to be collecting a paycheck should just shut the fuck up. If I was him, I would take my 17 million and not say a word. Like, how little self-awareness can you have that, that that's on your mind? Get that ERA under five. I mean, I think he's, he knows that there's not another Contract because it's like it's seventeen million for next year, and he's not getting seventeen million this year because obviously prorated salaries. But he is wow! I didn't realize he's only been an all star one time. Dude, he's not that good. Oh, I know. Well, I know he's not that good, but I thought like maybe he snuck in like two or three of them. Yeah, one. Well, I think he snuck in the one time. Twenty eighteen. Blue Jays, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I think he was their only. Uh, only All Star. Yeah, it was one. It was one of those. Right I, after, I after Joey Bats is gone, and yeah, they don't have. And anything. Donaldson was gone. Yep, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's clearly not good. You know, he's a career four ERA. But yeah, like you said, he's a six three, six three nine. Last year he was a four nine one. So, I mean. It, it's a matter of finding the opportunities to skip him because you start running. I feel like we're just drawn to rain. There's been a lot of rain delays and stuff like that where it's we've got with these double headers and shit like that. I don't know. I, I hope they could find the excuse. I do, too. And when you look when you think about players, everybody's kind of got an asshole quota type thing. What I mean by that is like Odell Beckham 
acted like an asshole a lot of the time, but he was so good that it didn't matter, and you can put up with that. If Jay Happ becomes a distraction, like, you are so bad. You have no you have no asshole ratio there. Like, you have no room to be any sort of distraction, especially on this team where everybody's pulling in one direction in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody's hyper-focused. I don't want to hear anything about a grievance, about your personal bullshit. He, he has no room to be a distraction. He's the last guy that can afford to be a distraction. What if we get to, like, the end-ish of September? And I keep forgetting what time of year it is because it still feel, it feels early. In, like, my body runs on a baseball calendar. Like, there's a feeling when I'm like, oh, this feels like the first practice of the year. And, like, that's kind of when, like, the year starts for me. And... Since we've only seen so many baseball games, I keep forgetting when I'm like, yeah, you know, in September. And it's like, oh, that's soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know um, what it is? Our biological clocks thinks it's May, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not we're not roped up yet. So it would be interesting if, let's say, you know, King, Montgomery, um, maybe Clark Schmidt. Like some of these, you know, these guys look good. And we get to, you know, it's the end of September. Hap goes out there, has another stinker for his ninth start, and we just DFA him. Just like, hey, you're not going to factor into the playoffs. You know, we just, we've got the arms. You're just not, you know, we're only four-man rotation. If that, you're gone. And I think you like to it. I would absolutely do that. I mean, they were already paying him whatever, 60% of the $17 million to begin with. Yeah. Like you said, you get, you get to mid-September – Caught him. Obviously, he would bitch and probably still file his grievance, but like we just don't have time for it. And if you think about the money for next year, we got to re-sign LeMayhew. Ideally, I'd like to re-sign Tanaka. We, I don't have a cent earmarked for this loser. Oh, yeah, no, I think it's not even a conversation. <laughs> it just, his, his pitching style just does not work to be a member of the Yankees who plays in Yankee Stadium. It just doesn't at all. No, no. And it's really disappointing when you think about going into that 2018 offseason after seeing him shit his pants at Fenway Park and put us in a hole for that playoffs where we eventually get eliminated by Boston. For Cashman to see that diminishing velocity, diminishing spin rate, and it's just his overall character on the mound and melting down in Fenway. The fact that he said, okay, I'm going to give you $17 million a year at age 36. Like, I have lost so much sleep over that, and I still don't understand it, and I never will, but have to do whatever it takes to make sure that this is a two-year thing and not a three-year thing. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think there's any way he gets to that. Like, they're, like I don't think they can't, they can't blatantly sit him down. They, You know, in theory, they couldn't be like, we're not starting you 10 games, but you're starting game two of the playoffs. You know? <laughs> but if you're just like, listen, dude, you stink. Like we're not gonna we're not using you now. We're not gonna use you in the playoffs much. You're in you're in mop up duty, or we're just sending you home. Like it is what it is. Do you think he's in denial? Like, do you think he actually thinks he's close to turning it around and he's worth the seventeen million that they're screwing him, or do you think he knows deep down like I suck? So I, the way he talks, it sounds like he's delusional. So you, I think you need and you want. Every player on your team, regardless of how they played yesterday, to feel like it's a new day. I mean, that's baseball. You have to have a short memory. You have to think that tomorrow's going to be the best start of your life every time. Uh, so I get that. I also think he's 37 years old. He was going to make $17 million this year, and now he's making, 
you know, less than half of that. Uh, there's He can get – all he has to do is show up to work enough times this year to automatically get $17 million next year. Otherwise, he's looking at non-roster invites to camp. Like, I don't blame – I mean, fucking spit whatever shit you need to spit to get to where you are. Yeah, I understand that from his personal perspective, but man, like – this team has a chance to do something special, and we are so good at tuning out distractions and staying focused. Like, this would be the dumbest distraction ever. Your worst player on it has a contract. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, no, it would be it, it would be terrible, and that's why I could see just being like, hey, we decided to move on from you. Yeah, and look, Monday night, Michael King came in and threw three shutout innings. That two-seamer was moving at 95, was freezing guys. He is clearly a better pitcher than Hap today, tomorrow, forever, to quote the Garrett Cole sign. Like, he's clearly better than him. Yeah. I mean, the guy stinks. The guy stinks, and hopefully we're not stuck with him. He does. Luckily, he's not going to pitch in this race series, uh, which I think, like I said, the three race series that we have this year are the three most important series of the year. They're our biggest competition. They're really the only team in the division that has a chance to win the AL East other than us. And it's going to be a battle. We have tonight, Tanaka and Snell. Wednesday is going to be Cole and Glass now. And then Thursday, I believe we have Paxton going. And I'm not sure about the race, but this is a monster series, and you got to find a way to win one of the non-Cole games. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, Tanaka pitches well against Tampa, no matter where he is. Snell pitches good against the Yankees in Tampa, but if he's in New York, he's Javier Vasquez. Yes. He's got like a five, five ERA. Mm-hmm. So we just need to get out there, get on him early tonight. Because Tanaka, I mean, it's everyone does, but Tanaka pitches really well with a lead. Because he can, he finds a way. Like once he has a lead, he feels more confident getting on top of pitches to get the ball down. So we just need to go out and do that. That takes a lot of pressure off the next game where Cole, you know, will go out and shove. And then, then who knows? Like let's say you get two. You know, Passon's playing for a contract, so you just got to hope that we're seeing improvement there oh for sure and we're actually we're actually home dogs tonight um you know obviously head over to betonline.ag and check 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 the spreads there but yeah we're home dogs tonight i believe for the first time all year being shorthanded and you definitely have the mentality of we win tonight we win the series like i just put down every cold start is a win until i see otherwise they're five and oh when he pitches and we're playing behind the eight ball a little bit i mean to go down to the trop and only get one like we kind of have to take two out of three here it's funny. I said at the beginning of the year, I was like, I can see us going 50 and 10. And I look at it like we got screwed on a short, um, uh, double, the seven inning doubleheader with the Phillies. With the Phillies, yep. And then, and, you know, we coughed up, you know, we should have just won another game in Tampa. We should be 18 and four. Like we should be headed towards that mark. And I just think this is, you know, we're two and a half games up right now. Uh, luckily our math isn't as fuzzy, you know, in our division, especially like with the Rays in terms of who's playing enough games and shit like that. So I think, you know, similar to what we just did to the Red Sox, where now they're 10 and a half games back, their season, you know, is over. We can go out there and even if we take two of three, we're now three and a half games up at looking at being almost halfway through the season. 
Yeah, we'd be in a really good spot. And think about how much better we play the Rays at Yankee Stadium versus the Trop. It's almost a completely different matchup. Completely different. I mean, because, yeah, because the Trop's a fucking nightmare. It really is. It really is. And even with the no fans, we're 10-0 and at Yankee Stadium. We really can't be beat at home. Can we Can we talk about that? They are unbeatable. I mean, fun. it's it's what you said. It's sleeping in your own bed. It's saying hi to the security guard. You know, it, it's all those little things compared to even when you look at when we've been on the road. We've been on the road in like these weird – oh, we're going to go to Philly, not play, go to Baltimore. Like we don't know where we're playing, who we're playing. We've got this weirdo opening day in Washington. You know, we're traveling all over the place, probably not packing enough clothes. Now we're getting into, you know, let's get into a rhythm. It seems like they're in a better rhythm now. But even pre-pandemic, going back over the last decade, the Yankees have always kind of struggled on the road in the division. They're not they're not great at Fenway. They're not great at the Rogers Center. And we know about their problems at the Trop. The only place they really win on the road consistently in the division is, is Camden Yards because have a lot of fans there. It's a hitter's park, and they suck. But that's only the last couple years. We used to lose a lot of series there. You're talking like 16, 17, you know, even like, you know, earlier than that, because we are, I mean, we're the Yankees. We get everyone's A game. Everyone's best punch. And I was at University of Delaware from 2011 to 2014, and that was the time I was an hour from Camden Yards. I went to a bunch of games, and that was kind of when the Yankees were starting to fall and the Orioles were starting to rise. And especially 2013, 2014, every game I went there, it seemed like the Orioles beat us. Um, So I definitely remember that vividly. Yeah, I mean... It's like you said, it's a big series. We can get, I mean, we're not going to finish them off. I mean, even if we were to sweep it, they're five and a half games back. There's still work to be done. But, I mean, we can at least get our foot on their throat. For sure. And the way I look at it, look, we, we have 10 cracks at them, and we're, we're one for four. So you, you got to reverse it. All the rest of the games will be in the Bronx. Like, it is in front of us, but the pressure is definitely on because. Losing three or four there, it, it hurt. It really did. There's no other way around it. It did, yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, I mean, around the league, I, you know, COVID's still out there. There's still COVID in the world. The Cardinals are back. We came so close on Saturday, we were going to have every Major League Baseball team play. And then, and then the Reds screwed it up, Now right? the Reds have one okay. guy. Yeah. One person. Um, and I follow I, – I watch – um. Bowers vlog. He's probably put out like nine, ten episodes already this season. So it's good. Like it's good behind the scenes, you know, stuff. I fast forward his workouts and shit. Um, but it's tough to see how it like how it impacts them of like, hey, we're ready to go. Now we found out this. Now we gotta go drive through, get tested, drive through, get tested. Um so it's been really interesting. I, I you know, check out Trevor Bowers vlog if you can, but you know, the Cardinals are coming back. They they laid out this schedule where it's a lot of doubleheaders to try to get to – it gets them to 58 games. And then if there's a need or a team can put up a, a, enough of an argument, um, you know, if they're within two games, they'll have to figure out a way to play those games before the playoffs start. All things being equal, I think we're doing pretty damn well. With COVID, with getting these games in, with with the testing, it seems like after that first initial Marlins outbreak, everything's gone pretty great since then. I mean, the Cardinals have only played ten games this year, so it hasn't it hasn't gone great. There are a lot of teams that are missing games, but 
the amount of cases, like it did go, you know, Marlins couldn't play to then Cardinals couldn't play. And now the Reds can't play, but it's like one and it's like lessons learned based on the Marlins thing. So I'm not as angry with that. But we are moving towards, I, I saw right before we got on this, that they're starting to put together the initial plan of actually doing the playoff bubble, which I'm thrilled to see because we weren't going to be there anyway. So let's just, you know, get the bubble, get the games in so that, you know, when it's cold in October, we have something to watch. Counterpoint, I hate the idea of the bubble. The Yankees, like we just talked about, dominated Yankee Stadium. Now you're talking about us playing at Petco Park or some pitcher's park out west. I don't think that bodes well for us competitively. I just I don't think that there are playoffs. I think it's that or nothing. Man, I hope not because it is – if you look at it just from a baseball perspective, like that hurts us. We do not play well in pitcher's parks. Yeah, but like one guy comes up with COVID, now the playoffs are ruined because like you don't have that makeup time. Do you think they'll do like a week or two break between regular season and playoffs, kind of like how the NBA got everybody tested before they let them in the bubble? No, because they're going to have a break. So you just go straight from your last game, you go straight to the bubble. Yeah. And you can't, but you can't get into the bubble without yeah, testing negative. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we're riding this momentum. And then now in theory, you are putting, if like one person tests negative, tests negative, tests negative, tests negative, comes to their screening, tests negative, two days later it's positive because of the incubation period, you are putting the whole thing at risk. But I mean, it's worked for the NBA. It's worked for the NHL. Yeah, I can't argue with it based on how it's worked for the other sports. I just think of everything in that Yankee prism and how it affects us competitively, and that definitely scares me a little bit because you see how well they play in the Bronx. Oh, yeah. I mean, in my ideal world, they're playing in the Bronx and we're there. Section <laughs> but, 205, yeah. But I'd rather, no, I'd probably sit in better seats. But I'd rather, um, I'd rather have, you know, them in a bubble than have nothing or like go through the season and the playoffs doesn't happen. Yeah, no, right. it's it's better than nothing. Uh, Chapman is finally back. His arms are the size of tree trunks. He's going he's going short sleeve. If you know, he's yeah. usually a long sleeve guy. He rocks the short sleeves. Came out pumping a hundred. Got it up to one hundred and one. He let up a run. I don't give a shit. He looked awesome. So happy to have him back. It was one of those things, like, dude, where have you been for a week? Dude, he looked fine. And then Boone's like, oh, we're not going to use him back-to-back this week. I'm like, god damn, with the kid gloves, with this guy, it just drives me nuts. Yeah, guy makes a shitload of money. He's a grown man. He came here in a raft to let him fucking do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> Dude, look at him, man. You're telling me he can't go back-to-back? Of course he can. I mean, I get not doing it, like, maybe today, but... Yeah, later in the week. But, I mean, just having him back, it's it just such a boost to the bullpen. Everybody slides down. Britain slides to the eighth. Green to the seventh, Otto to the sixth, whatever the case may be, uh, takes a lot of the pressure off everybody because Green really only pitches once every three games, if that. Otto, kind of erratic. I like having Britain in the seventh or eighth as opposed to the closer, so it just it just makes everything deeper and better. I'm so happy to have him back. Britain did a great job filling in as the closer. Like, can't take you know, can't take anything away from him. Like, thank you, Zach Britton. I'm glad you're not our closer anymore, but thank you. What's your line? Chapman is the Porsche and Britain is the... Yeah, it's like you could I could go to the supermarket in a Honda Accord, but sometimes I want to drive the Porsche. So right. that's, you know. And Britain's more than that. I mean, like, Otto's uh, a Honda Accord. 
you know, Britain's like a, a BMW, Audi, you know. But yeah, let yeah, me take these relievers as cars. That could be a new segment. <laughs> yeah, let me take the fucking Porsche out. I mean, the biggest thing in baseball going on today is um, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a grand slam in the eighth inning while his team was up 10-3 on a 3-0 pitch, and everyone's pussy started fucking leaking. Stop with that shit. I mean, listen, you don't want a fucking – you don't want a guy to hit a home run. I don't know. Don't be in the game. You know, his own – so he hits his home run. The manager for the Rangers is pissed, calls him out on it. The next reliever throws behind Machado's head. So now he's suspended three games. Their manager suspended one. Tatis' own manager says he shouldn't have swung there because unwritten rules and shit. If you don't want a guy to hit a pitch over the fence, don't throw it over the plate. But, like, this is a young guy trying to establish himself. If he hit a ground ball and didn't run out of the box, he could never say, oh, well, I was up seven. The guy took the pitch and fucking clobbered it. I just don't understand what else he could do. It's it's legitimately embarrassing to be a baseball fan when these stories come out because I have friends that are mostly NBA guys, NFL guys that text me like, what the fuck? Like, what, what is going on with baseball? What is this? And I just – I don't even know what to say. Like, yeah, it's a stupid unwritten rule. Like, I, I honestly don't know what to say. It's totally embarrassing. This is the highest level of competition among the best players in the world. If you don't want to get your feelings hurt, like you said, then don't give up a bunch of runs. It's utterly ridiculous. And if their coach is so butthurt about it and so concerned with sportsmanship, go coach in high school. Coach Little League. Like, this is the show. I just don't get it at all. So while we've been recording this show, they're playing. The guy who threw behind Machado was in pitching. The uh, the Padres are up by six in the fourth inning, and Fernando Tatis Jr. stole third base. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Like, Dude, pour it do on. it, man. Like, yeah. Do, also... You, as the Texas Rangers, cannot complain about that shit because last year, in the last game of the season, or whatever, the last series, I forget who the pitcher is, they dropped a foul ball, a pop-up in foul territory, so he could hit a strikeout milestone. Total hypocrites. They also, I believe, had a game last year where they beat the Orioles like 30-5, to and they scored eight more runs in the ninth inning. Like, you guys have no room to say anything. And for their the Rangers manager to be like, this is the way I did it, or this is the way I came up. Dude, the Rangers have never won shit. The Rangers have never done anything. The Rangers could be eliminated from the league, and nobody would even notice. Like, like you guys are the definition of irrelevant. And how about the Padres manager doesn't even back his own guy, his 21-year-old MVP candidate, the Padres manager actually takes the Rangers' side. The whole thing is, is totally bizarre. It's – I mean, these are grown men. We're not talking about six-year-olds getting their, hurt, their feelings hurt. These are grown men making millions of dollars. He didn't, if he did cartwheels around the bases, I guess maybe you get upset. But you got a young guy who's trying to harness his craft, who you gave him a pitch on the outside corner, and he went the other way with it. He went with the pitch. He did everything right. But you're talking about unwritten rules. The reason unwritten rules are unwritten is because if you wrote them down, you'd look like a fucking idiot. 
think Passon tweeted something about that. No, you're exactly right. And think about how it affects him financially. He gets an MVP on his resume. His arbitration years are going to be a lot easier. Every at-bat counts. Like, these are guys' livelihoods. This is his performance. To just suggest that he should throw at-bats away is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. We should go watch some baseball and come back after the game. We should. Luke Voigt's batting leadoff. You got a prediction for tonight? Yeah, I predict that they fucking shouldn't have put Luke Voigt batting first. <laughs> Guy hits two home runs. Let's bat him leadoff. I'm very worried about Luke Voigt getting injured tonight for some reason. I, I really hope we don't have to revisit that. I will say 5-2 Yankees. I think Tanaka spins a solid game. Britain wraps it up because Chappie's unavailable, and we will uh, we'll see you after the game. All right. Come back. Come back time now. It'd be sick if uh, that would be sick. I figured might as well get on, and then we could just start as soon as it ends. Yeah. I mean, we could just, here we are. We're started. We're just, we're watching Tyler Wade bat. Oh, is this live? I guess. Yeah, okay. why not? Who cares? All right. Yeah. Here I, I we mean, are. We're watching Wade's, Wade's at bat and just trying to see. I mean, so far, you know, until they make this comeback happen, um, I mean, just a disappointing game. It just like it never got going. Tanaka, I mean, at times he was good, but it was another one of those like he's out there battling. Um, well, Tanaka sucked. I mean, he let up six runs. I I wouldn't even give him that. Like he didn't even battle. He got lit up. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to make it a little positive. Nah, like it, nah, it wasn't tough. like he wasn't. He didn't go like two innings, you know, which is that shows how low the the bar is <laughs> when you've say. got some of the packs in and hap starts that we've seen. This was the typical Yankee lo- Yankee home loss, right? The starting pitcher gets lit up. They hit a couple of home runs, draw you back in it. Then they get a rally going and get fucking nothing with the bases loaded. How many times have we seen that? It is. It is. Because there were a bunch of times where I was like, oh, well, you know, this, this could be this could be the end of it. You know, oh, wow, did Wade just go deep? That is caught by Kiermaier, and that's it. So <laughs> Imagine Wade that's went it. deep there. Yankees lose 6-3, and I'll go back to the void at bat, right? Pitcher hits Mike Ford in the fucking foot. He's all over the place. Bases loaded, one out, throws the first pitch to Voight at his feet, and he swings at it for some reason. And he swung at ball four and ball five. All you have to do is stand there, take the free RBI. Would have been 6-4, bases loaded, one out. Instead, he's swinging at everything, and then the only strike of the at bat he took, which was... The sixth pitch, strike three at his knee. So just an awful, awful at bat by Luke Boyd in the seventh. Do you think that the success that he see? I mean, he goes deep again tonight. Like, he had a good game and a bad at bat. I think I saw Andrew tweet that. Um, do you think some of that success offensively turns into, you know, I get, I'm getting a little, a little ahead of myself when it comes to there, here's a big spot. It's time for me to hit a grand slam. That's what Voight does, baby. Yeah, I think that's the Luke Voight experience. Is he's swinging for the fences no matter what. He's swinging as hard as he can no matter if they're up 10 nothing, down 10 nothing, bases loaded, nobody on. That's just who he is. He's jumping. He's hopping around. But 
You know, it's a bad at bat, and you can't be doing that. You have to know the situation. If the pitcher is all over the place, throwing balls in the dirt and at your head with the bases loaded, you got to just stand there and let him walk you. I mean, it's very basic. And it reminded me of Stanton's at bat in the 2018 ALDS against Kimbrell when Kimbrell was trying to walk him and Stanton swung at three balls in the dirt. Uh, very, very frustrating, man. But that's the Luke Boyd experience. It, it's kind of like uh, like Little League. Like at a certain point where you're just like, listen, this guy's all over the place. Make him do something. But you know, I don't know. You you know you hit you you're Luke Voigt. You go into spring training where you know there's going to be competition. You have at times you, you know struggled to get going because of injury. Like he does spend a lot of time out, but he spends a lot of time not at a hundred percent. I didn't realize until they showed it, like, going into tonight's game. It was, like, 171 games for the Yankees, 42 home runs. Like, he's put up some numbers, but I think in this short stint, short spurt that he's had eight home runs so far this season, coming out of a first-base competition into a summer camp of, like, who, you know, what the hell is even going on? You have Stanton go down, you have Judge go down, you have DJ go down you think you've got to get it all back in one swing. Yeah, we saw that, and boy, did they miss DJ tonight with some of these bad at-bats with the bases loaded. I mean, it really shows you how valuable he is because they have a bunch of guys that do that, that just swing for the fences every time, and DJ seems like the only guy that doesn't do that, and it really hurts when he's not in there. It's crazy. You just think of all the times where you're like, imagine we had DJ LeMayhew, Aaron Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton in this lineup. And they win easily tonight with those three, you would think. There's different at-bats. You know, you've got guys who are seeing a lot of their first extended time and trying to make the most of the situation, and a lot of them are. But, I mean, and Duhar got – and Duhar looks lost. Uh, Totally lost. And I I almost can't even blame him because he's getting such spotty playing time and he's – playing basically one or two days a week. It's tough to get in a role when you have that kind of playing time. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's not easy, but, like, it is what it is. Right, that's your, that's your situation. And, and there's a bigger kind of alarming trend here. We're now 0-4 against the Rays when Cole doesn't pitch, and we basically have to win out against them to win the season series. Like, our Rays record here is kind of spiraling out of control, and tomorrow with Cole is an absolute must-win. Yeah. I mean, I want to say it's a little early for, you know, a real must win, but it's not that early. It'd be nice to go out there and get back to two and a half games and just have a nice, relaxing, coal experience. Just like Friday night. That weighted blanket coal experience is exactly, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what we need. We need, I mean, you've got, you know, Void hits a home run. But you've got him batting leadoff. Like, let's – what the fuck is this lineup? What yeah, the fuck go. are we doing? Did we, are we pulling this out of a hat? Uh, Hicks in the three holes just kills me. The only times he ever hits a home runner is if they're up 8-1 or, or down 8-1 and there's nobody on. Like, I, you rarely see him get a big hit with runners on, you know, down in a game. I had no confidence. you got to get him in a spot to see a lot of pitches and just draw a walk. Like – Lead him off in, in this lineup. Switch him and Voight. Let him go up there and that first step out of the game, you know, eight pitches, nine pitches, something like that. Be a table setter. But, yeah, no. 
We don't have this payroll to have Aaron Hicks batting third. <laughs> Seriously, uh, I think their two through four hitters, uh, Torres, Gio, and him were combined over 13 or whatever. None of them did anything. Glaber had some awful at-bats, too. He was swinging at balls in the dirt. You could tell they were all just kind of pressing. They were all flat, and Tanaka put them in a hole, and they, they couldn't dig out of it. But you got to remember, if us and the Rays both go 40 and 20 or whatever, and we go four and six against them in the 10 games, you know, they the get trough. the one seed. Yeah. yeah, so you know that's why I said this is the most important series of the year. We only have one more series with them after this, and, and we shit the bed in the, in the first series against them. So it counts, man. It's important. That's why a night like tonight is so frustrating. Yeah, it's tough. All you can do is try to, you know, short memory, shoot for Cole tomorrow, and then hope that Paxton remembers he's a free agent. Yeah. yeah, we need Scott have Scott Boris maybe take him to lunch tomorrow. Yeah, day before a start, maybe a nice nice outdoor dining experience in New York City. Just a, just a folk. No, don't. No, we don't need him going anywhere. <laughs> just like I don't know, a stern text message would do. All, all caps and bright side. They didn't use any of the premium relievers tonight. So tomorrow you got Green available, Britain available, Chappie, all of them. You got Cole going. Absolutely no excuse to lose tomorrow. And then ideally most of those relievers be available again on Thursday. So at least we didn't burn a bunch of our good relievers in a loss. Yeah, you, you, we got to hope for like just get Cole to give a six and just pass it along. Just standard. What you're trying to do, what you built the team to do. That's it. It is kind of sad. I, I was hoping we'd go undefeated at home. I was keeping that dream alive deep down. Uh, I mean, we, we have to lose eventually. Because eventually there's a Tuesday night that's just flat. Like, that's what it is. Every, everyone came out flat, then they started pushing too hard. And it's just, you know, you're never getting it. And that's where you get the cherry on top. Like you said, it's a classic Yankees home loss of like, ah, man, maybe they're back in. A base is loaded. Oh, okay. Just watch that one right down the dick. Same same script every time. And how about the Gary sequence? He lets in a run with the pass ball, and then eight minutes later hits the ball 400 feet to get the run back. Like I think Rich tweeted that that 15-minute sequence totally sums up Gary's Yankee career. Yeah. It's exactly, you know, this is the kind of game we only win if we go at, go out and score like eight runs. This is this would be would have been one of those games where if we scored eight runs and won this game, it'd be yeah, you know, Tanaka didn't have it, but five earned over four innings really battled. That's all. That's the difference between whether or not he battled or not. <laughs> Always with Tanaka battling, even in the ninth, Talkman got on and and Clint hit a ball 100 miles an hour off the bat. That's hit anywhere else. Second and third. I mean, they're never out of it. They always you do as a team. They always do battle. I know we joke about the battling thing. Line drive to Joey Wendell playing for a contract. Dude, Wendell when he when uh, was it the first inning where he got doubled off second? It's like there was a ball right to Hicks and he just starts running. Like, dude, what are you doing? I know I know people who know him. So uh, he's one of the he's one of the guys who like the advance of money covered his like he's playing for free right now oh my god <laughs> he had some depth because you know if you're making like the league minimum they gave everyone an advance of like 200 something thousand dollars at the beginning of the season and then where it ends up being 
It's like, oh, so you don't you don't get any more money. Uh, it was it's all up front. There's like six guys that that happened to. That's funny. That, dude, the Rays are the Rays are tough, man. All those guys, they really they really play us tough. It's very very frustrating. We were it's blaming bunch, it on the trap. It's a bunch of guys. Everyone on the Rays. No one is like, fuck yeah, man, I'm on the Rays. This is sick. Especially not since Evan Longoria left. Like, yeah, that one year they made the World Series because it was like. We've got our guy. We paid him. You know, we still got David Price. We got all this shit going on. It's good. Now it's just a bunch of guys showing up every day to try out for another team. That's all it is. Yeah, none of them try. have gotten paid, and they don't have any Aaron Hickses, the guys that have their contracts and play 75%. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of wing it. They're all going balls to the wall. Yeah, they're all just hoping that someone will be interested in trading for them to get the fuck out of Tampa. Yeah, get out of that air conditioning stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tough loss. Tough loss. Gotta get focused. Come back tomorrow with Cole. Or, you know, now tonight. And uh, head into the weekend strong. Gotta win the game. Just win the games you're supposed to win. And then figure out battling teams like the Rays that are going to be a battle. Because, you know, especially with the this weird schedule. You know, again, I, in my head, it's May, so it's like yeah, there's not time. It's not like oh, we're gonna see them a bunch of times. Yeah, no, I mean you gotta win it. Gotta win every game. There's only sixty of them. They all count. Just gotta win tonight with Cole. That's it. Even it up. Yeah, man. All right. Well, hey, you can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. It's a tough loss at home, but don't worry. We'll rebound. We'll get it done. We'll get a vaccine. We'll see you at the parade. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ, Big Shot Robert Ory. See what they have to say on what it'll be like to play without fans in a series they're calling Pandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.